Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So good evening and welcome to the big match preview from Cholton Live. I hope you are well. My name is uh, Louis Mendes and joining me to look ahead to Saturday's massive home clash uh, with Ipswich Town. First up, uh, Mr. Nathan Muller. Nathan, how are you? Have you ever eaten the skin of a kiwi? <laughs> uh, no, I've not, believe, believe it or not. I don't know uh, if there's any monstrosities out there or any blooming... <laughs> some loonies that uh, do it. I mean, each to their own and all that. But <laughs> I cannot say I've eaten a skin of a kiwi or uh, what else was it? An apple core yeah. or pineapple skin or anything. Yeah, just had, just had a conversation off air. <laughs> so we've, we've clarified that you can eat the skin of a kiwi, but Mark Newbury reckons you can eat the apple core as well, which is just absolute incorrect behaviour, isn't it, Mark? No, I, I, st- I stand by it. I personally don't, but, you know, that's... It's each of our own, as Nathan says. Yeah, we get all sorts of weirdos listening to this uh, this podcast, but I hope none of you eat the cause of apples anyway, right? <laughs> so on this week's show, uh, we will be looking ahead to the game with Ipswich. We will, of course, be hearing uh, from the Addicts boss, uh, Nigel Adkins. Uh, plenty of uh, conversation with him from his press day uh, today, looking ahead to that massive game uh, with Ipswich Town. Uh, we've also got some tweets and emails to come to talk a little bit about uh, Marcus, Madison, Nigel uh, meeting the uh, Charlton Upbeats, uh, Albie Morgan, Matt Smith, get involved with the 23s and of course contract situations as well Whoop, my microphone dropped there but I'll carry on as if it didn't happen <laughs> on, oh what a start to the show on uh, on uh, this evening's big match preview so um, uh, I mean, just before we dive in ahead of the, 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 the game with Ipswich Nathan how are you feeling going into it obviously the the mood in the camp is very good at this moment. A, a really exciting game. If you look at the, the league table, is Ipswich just uh, two points behind us, uh, having played a game more. We're in this bizarre situation now where we have games in hand on other teams. Yeah, it's mad. It's mad how it's, um, it sort of panned out, I think, a few weeks ago, um, which I still stand by. You know, I'm not... You know, it's exciting, but if we don't go up, you know, I'd be disappointed, but it's not going to be the end of the world. And I said on the last time I was on, if we look um, if we look back when Accrington had, like, what, four games in hand or something, and look, they've just plummeted. I think they're conceding goals for fun. So it just shows that, you know, anything can happen in, you know, on the day. I think most of us would have took a point against Sunderland um, in the form they were in, and their home form especially. Um, and it just shows that you know anything can happen, and it's 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 good. It makes it you know the season interesting. It's better than just you know when you're at the ground, then it's that lull to the end of the season, and you're just playing pointless games. It's bad enough, but being at home, um, it would be even worse. So it's good that we've got something to look forward to. Um, still going to keep you know keep my feet on the ground. Not going to get too carried away, but we're playing. You know we've played we've played really very solid. We look harder to beat, um, and you can see the the, the 
the work that Nigel's doing on the training grounds working. So, yeah, positive. Of course I'm positive. And um, if we can make a go of it, then who knows? But no doubt if we do make it, we'll end up getting Sunderland again. And will it be three times lucky? I don't know. But, <laughs> for them. but yeah, positive, mate. But um, I'm not going to get too carried away. Mm. Mark, are you getting carried away? I mean, will you be getting carried away if we beat Ipswich on, on Saturday? Uh, no, I think I've um, followed us now for enough years to not get carried away in any way, shape or form. Every time you think that's it, this is going to be it, it turns around and sort of like bites you. Um, it's it's good to have like a lot of positivity and I think there is that, you know, nagging thing. So, you know, what well, if we get do get in the playoffs, is it just going to be that one step too far for us this season? Um, I, I don't know. It's, it's difficult. It's... We'll have... <laughs> It's going to sound funny, but we'll see how it is after Ipswich. We'll have a be- even better picture then, um, you know. But you're saying about doing silly, silly things. I mean, if you look at Sunderland, you know, then Wigan go and beat them. So, you know, they could be on a, on a real downer now. So they could, put, you know, potentially drop down. So, you know, I'd rather be where we are, almost chasing, as it were. But you know, no, I'm I'm quietly positive, not overly so. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Certainly does. Right, well, let's hear from a man who is always uh, very positive. Uh, Nigel Adkins had his press day today ahead of the game uh, with Ipswich. Uh, speaks about plenty of stuff in this uh, first clip that we're going to hear. Obviously, talks about the injury situation, uh, the game with the Tractor Boys, our home form uh, overall and the playoff race. Uh, but he starts with how the mood in the camp is after that win at Sunderland last weekend. Yeah, the lads are in good spirits, as you rightly say. It's a hard-fought victory, an important victory. Obviously, Sunderland's in been undefeated for a long period of time, you know, so uh, to go up there and get the win in the manner that we did, we're all very pleased with. Uh, and we know, you know, it was a tough, hard-earned three points, but great character shown by the players, which is important. Um, from our point of view on training, yes, there's one or two little niggles in there, which every every team's going to have, um, but everyone's going to be trying to, you know, make themselves available as best as possible for Saturday's game. And then obviously we've got Plymouth, then we've got Peterborough, so it's a, it's a big, you know, a big week coming up from that point of view of the, of the games we've got and a bit of travelling we've got to do uh, through, the, through the midweek as well. It's still too early. And from the injury point of view, obviously, Connor's probably not going to make the game, Connor Washington, but he's progressing well. And we'll see how he figures through the course of the week. Um, you know, Chuck's, we're going to say tomorrow we'll have a, more of an idea. We're giving everybody every opportunity. So when we talk about Ian and we talk about Chuck's and EK, uh, Alex Gilby's trained really well today, so Alex is fine. Um, you, know, you can read into different things you want. We're trying to get everybody out and available. Connor's the one that won't make this this game, but you never know where he is for the for the rest of the week, which is good. Pleasing. After Saturday, we're actually now second in, in the away league table, um, but um, we've got Ipswich at home obviously this Saturday, and we're seventeenth in that particular table. Um, we got five of our last seven at home. Is the home form something you've looked specifically at or is it a case of the more you try and focus on a home form, the more it gets into players' heads? How, how do you approach something like that? I think we just got to approach it as the next game. What's the next game we've got to go and play? You can, you can spin it in different ways. If we haven't won so many games at home, then law of averages would you win. So you can, you can look at it that way. Um, you know, ultimately, the players are honest, hard-working. They're giving everything you've got. I went to watch Wimbledon against Ipswich on Tuesday evening. And obviously, you know, Cookie's made a few comments as well after the game. 
So they're having a, a challenging period, but one thing I can guarantee is going to be just as tough as it was against Sunderland for us. You know, they're going to be really fired up for the game uh, because they're like us. We're very close in, in the league table. They're pushing for the playoff position. So are we. Uh, and having played with Paul as well all them years ago at Wigan Athletic, we've known him over the years. I know that his team's going to be fully committed, so we've got to be right up for the battle. It's going to be a real tough game. Whatever formation and whatever personnel they pull out, um, it's going to be a tough, tough game. But we've got to make sure it's a tough game for them as well. And we've got to not rest on the laurels of what we've been doing so far. We've got to keep pushing on and driving on. And I must say the players have, uh, have applied themselves really well so far. Um, and we've got to keep that going. You know, we can't, um, you know, we've just got to keep working very, very hard. And we've got some good quality players, but the spirit's been good. But the work ethic and the determination to keep improving will we'll constantly be here with the standards that we're after. And obviously, it's your first proper game at the Valley in charge. So, uh, something to look forward to. Eighth in the table. I mean, a statement Saturday, but um, last Saturday, that is. A statement next Saturday could be bigger if we can put that gap between us and Ipswich uh, in your first game at the Valley. Yeah, listen, I'm really looking forward to being in there, being in the dressing room, being on the pitch. It's just a shame the supporters on there, aren't they? But I know we've got, you know, straight away I've seen obviously the Valley Pass and the stream of it's done. I know the supporters, the engagements, did a bit where with it. Um, not aware, but just it was really good to be with the, the upbeats team through the course of the week as well. And you listen to what the Challengeable Trust is, is doing. Um, it, it's such a great football club to be part of, you know. And from my point of view, yes, the supporters aren't in the stadium at this moment, but they will be. Uh, and we're all pulling the same direction. So that's that's good. But I'm looking forward to the game. I know it's going to be a tough one. Well, likewise, I've got to familiarise myself with being in the home dugout. I've been in the way to that, but I familiarise myself being in the home dugout and the surroundings of the game as well. So um, it's something I'm really looking forward to. Um, and, you know, as I said, every game now is vitally important. We need to get a certain amount of points to be in the playoff position. Um, so it's fair to say, yes, Every result can go against us, and it's still we're still in there. But it's fair to say that every game now is is massively important for our Big Nige there, plenty of uh, stuff to get our teeth into. Um, really good uh, little little clip from from press day there because he covered a lot of bases. Uh, Nathan, I mean, how important? First of all, I mean, you spoke about the momentum and the mood in the place. I mean, that that is is big because. The positivity breeds results, momentum breeds results, and, and and they breed confidence, which therefore breeds more results. So, when you, when you get into a little a little tasty run of form like we're on, it, it's it only really sort of gives you the chance to go and do it even more. Yeah, of course. I think um, I think Curbs has been saying it on you know Valley Pass on all the streams, saying you know we need to put a run together. It's amazing what momentum can do. And I remember when. You know, when we were in the Premiership and Kerb was saying, you know, winning breeds confidence and confidence breeds result. And it's just a, a cycle um, that obviously goes hand in hand with each other. And it's it's working for us at the moment. And um, I mean, I still can't. But I mean, it feels like we've been saying putting that run together forever. But it just seems like no one's really taking it. I mean, I know Hull and Peter are pulling away a little bit now. Um, but up until, you know, the last couple of weeks, no one's really been taking taking it by the scruff of the neck and, you know, going on. So it's amazing that we're still in there, especially with those bad runs. And you just look back at all those silly results that we had, um, you know, like the, the Watchdale home game, the Wimbledon away game, just in the most recent ones, really, um, of how better we could have been if we just 
kept that little bit of consistency. But yeah, I think the momentum's good and um, we look harder to beat, as I just said, and we look like we've got a solid base. Um, and I think with any with any new manager, the first thing you do is you start on your defence and work your way up. You go start on your defence, then your midfield, then your forwards, which looks like it's working. So we've got our solid foundation, being harder to beat, good shape, structured. Um, and now it's a case of that we're not keeping the ball well enough. So that's the next bit. Like why are we, you know, how can we keep the ball better? Um, and then you move on to your forwards, which we've not really been too bad with. Um, so, yeah, it's good. We're in a good place. And I just think, you know, there's been many times this season where it's been rubbish. Um, you know, we're not going to deny that. And so we've got to enjoy the moment. You know, I'm not, like I said, I'm not going to be too carried away, but let's ride the wave as it were. And, um, yeah, we, you know, I don't think a lot of teams are going to want to play us. Last time we were in League One, we had that little bit of run at the end of the year, didn't we? So, and look how that ended up. So enjoy the moment. We're, we're in a good place mentally. Looks like Nigel's got them all positive. Um, good to see Gilby putting, you know, getting back to where we where we thought he was going to be at the beginning of the season, and um, yeah, everything's working out at the moment. But like Mark said, we've all seen it before. We've remembered the good times, but we've also remembered those end of seasons where we just sort of peter out. So we just have to wait and see, mate. Mm, yeah, and that's why it's going to be really fascinating on on, on Saturday. Uh, against Ipswich Town, obviously, because it's an Ipswich side who, who aren't in that good run of form. Is it one win in the last seven or eight for them? Obviously, Paul Cook's got in there, but they're, they're, on, they're on a difficult run. You know, beating quite handily at, at Wimbledon during the week, Mark. And, you know, we, we've got to look to be quite ruthless now and take advantage of that. Last week, it was different. We went to a Sunderland team who were in fine form and we dug in, made it difficult, won the game. Ipswich, they're in a little bit of a run of poor form, so I imagine they're going to try and come to us and, and sit behind and make it ugly. And well, that's what you'd expect anyway, because they 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 need to sort of get get themselves back onto a decent run. Whereas we may maybe the pressure will be a little bit back on us now to go and impose ourselves on this game. Yeah, I mean, I think we're a slightly different proposition now under um, Nigel than we are, were under Bose, which makes it better for us. Um, I think we were becoming almost a tad predictable um, under Bose. And uh, you know, Nigel's come in and he's looked at some players who weren't getting the time, like Gilby, and then going, you know what, you can do a job for me there. And um, yeah, it's, it's, every time I've... Ipswich don't travel well. They've got all, basically all their points are from home. And uh, every time I've seen any of them this season, they, they've, looked, they've looked as capable as rickets at the back of we have... So if we can take advantage of that, I think you're right. I think what Cook will come and do, I think he'll just pack out the midfield. He'll, he'll play five across, you know, or potentially five at the back and then try and stifle our wing play and just make it a real dogfight in the middle. But I think if you've got Prattley in there and Jake, who's, you know, leaps and bounds this season... And I think, you know, that could be the kind of battle which Pratley will, will, will relish and it might go against them. And then, depending on who's who's fit, because I know there were some question marks about Martson, um, up front, I think we'll we'll have opportunities and it's just taking those opportunities. Um, I'd like to say, I think it's... They won't really know what kind of like Charlton they're going to face. I think, you know, two months ago, they'd have known what Charlton they were facing. I think under Atkins, he's, he's, a, he's a good tweaker, as it were. So he, he looks at certain areas and say, right, let's just slightly adjust that and it will tighten the ship, like he's done with the defence. Um, and obviously having Innis back is a huge um, um, boost for us. 
but they, they've got, I'm trying to think of the um, young lad they've got up front who's quite quick, and that's the only thing, you know, with a bit of pace. We're not really blessed with pace at the back, but, you know, we, you don't worry about them so much as what, you know, your own game on the day. So, you know, cautiously optimistic. Yeah, I'd say so. Hmm, yeah, certainly. The first time I've ever heard someone's tweaking ability... Uh... Uh, assessed on the pod, but hey, all, all for it, Nathan. Uh, I mean, um, do you see Nigel get these tweakers out? <laughs> oh dear, what an image. Um, yeah, I don't know. I wonder if he eats a, a, a like a kiwi with his, with the hair on it. I'd like I don't to know. think so. That's why it's so positive. <laughs> There's fiber in it or something. You get fiber. That's why. That's why. I, when you look at me, I'm the picture of health. Yeah, yeah. They, they suggest it's good for a bowel movement. So. Yeah, well, oh, but... no problems there. I can assure you. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, to be honest, I don't know. I mean, I I, it's difficult because I mean he's obviously played the winning team twice, and I think it, it makes a difference playing the same team. I think, and um, and maybe not tweaking it so much because you look at the likes of Adam Matthews. He's come in, he's played two games, played well, winning, and he probably knows that he's got a good chance of starting. Whereas when you know that you could get dropped from week to week, you can't get any consistency, you can't get any momentum. So it wouldn't surprise me if um, if he doesn't tweak it too much, depending on how they train. Um, there could be players like Albie or Ronnie Schwartz. They you know they'd be chomping at the bit and may have deserved a chance. And um, I mean, I think in terms of tweaking it, we'll have to wait and see. But Ipswich have been toothless recently. I think. Obviously, if they did, they didn't score against Wimbledon. Their two games before that was against MK Dons and Rochdale. Didn't have a single shot on target. So they're um, they're struggling a little bit at the moment. They've got obviously paces. There's um, Mark was saying probably I don't know if he was thinking about Caden Jackson or I don't know if they've still got Troy Parrott. But it's going to be um, they've still got on paper they've still got good players, but it doesn't seem like they're in a good place at the moment. So for me, it just depends. I don't see Nigel changing things for the sake of changing it. Um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't tweak it too much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, yeah. So looking at us, Mark, I mean, is, is there any changes you think would be right? I mean, we hear that obviously Ian went off injured at, at Sunderland, and and from from what Nigel said, it seemed to be like he'll have a possibility. But other than that, are there many, too many changes you'd make or or, or seek to make? Um, no, personally, I wouldn't. I'd, I'd try and keep the same starting eleven. It was really, you know, saying that if 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 Ian's not fit whether he then goes with Miller up front and still has the kind of like buzzing round uh, Jaden and have him and DJ sort of like swap over from time to time. So really that was the only sort of like tweak I was looking at. I wouldn't touch the defence. Um, it's, it's whether Chucks is back for the um, bench. It looked like there were pictures of him today, you know, in the, in the training. So I think he's going to be back and fit. So whether that would drop Ronnie out or... He might go, you know, drop out one of his spare midfielders. Do you need Watson on the bench and put Ronnie on as well? Because we still don't have um, Connor Washington. So having a couple of options to come on up front, if, say, we were a goal down and then he could bring on Chucks and Ronnie, you know, that would be a, a thing. So I think when I say about tweaking, I think it's just moving personnel around as 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 and when you need them. I, I'm not sure having Watson on the bench, if you're going to have Deji there as well, is much point because Deji can go anywhere across the back and into midfield where Watson can really sort of like you just put him on at centre mid and that, that would be about it so he he limits you for options mm. 
Yeah, I'd say I'd say I, I imagine there's more confidence in 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 Ben than than Deji though uh, personally. Um, I mean, one thing that we certainly need to tweak, uh, Nathan, is our home form this season. Now, you could argue that we've already got the tweakers out on that one as well because we have. Uh, you know, started to pick up results at home. You know, we've won two of the last three, a draw in the other one. Obviously, uh, it feels like ages. The last home game was the 16th of March. So as of tomorrow, Friday, it'd be a month since we last played at home, obviously, with that Lincoln game that was called off. And did we have another one called off? Oh, I can't remember. But um, yeah, so have have we turned the home corner? Are we on the home straight now with the home form? Well, you'd like to think so, wouldn't you? I think um, we just need to replicate. I think sometimes it's difficult because... If people come at us, then we'll play. You know, we can we can play really well in the break, especially with Miller and you know DJ. So um, yeah, it, it all depends on really how they set up. I mean, <clears throat> for me, I think Ipswich need to win the game if they're going to have any chance of making those playoffs. Um, so I think it, it might actually play into our hands a little bit. Um, but I mean, Ipswich, are, as Mark said, I mean, in their last what they won in their last six, I don't think, away from home. Um, but then our home form, you know, we picked it up recently. So, I mean, the stats are all pointing to us doing well. But we know that football is <laughs> is one like that sometimes. So we've got one two in the last six or whatever. So, um, yeah, I think it'll be interesting, and it's time we obviously replicate our away form at home be solid you know just because you're playing at home it doesn't mean you have to go gung-ho and I think that's where I think sometimes we where Bowyer went wrong sometimes was he couldn't get that balance he wanted to be a bit more adventurous but then we left ourselves exposed at the back and it seems like at the moment I know it's early days you know we've only had a couple of games under Nigel but he seemed to strike to strike the right balance so he's defensively solid we've looked a couple of goals possession ain't been great but um He's 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 trying to work out his a system that's going to work to keep us solid because we know that we can score goals. It's just the other side, and that's you know and that's vastly improved. So hopefully Ipswich take that into the game and go right. Now we need to win this game and attack us a little bit more than just sitting deep because that's they're the teams that we seem to struggle against. Mm, yeah, I mean talking of vast improvements as well. Obviously, you know. Uh, whenever there's a new manager that comes in, Mark, you think about what what clear improvements he's made, and and, and you could have, you know, whether you put that down to him or not. But the uh, performance of Alex Gilby in the last two now, I thought he did okay at Doncaster. I thought he played well uh, at Sunderland. Um, I mean, he he's turning into an important player as well in in a midfield that at times, um, you know, earlier on in the season perhaps needed a little bit of help. Now he, he's coming in and actually proving the, the, this forward running player who, who got into a goal scoring. Uh, position obviously on, on on Saturday, I mean he he all of a sudden could be something extra that Ipswich have to think about this weekend. Well, that's it. As, um, you know, one I didn't realise how actually tall he was. He's he's, he's, a, he's a big big old lump, and uh, I think we know he's been a good player for his previous clubs. I mean, I think he's won three times for player of a club uh, with clubs he was at. So you know that kind of player who wins that award is going to be good consistently um, if he's in a good place uh, now that, that's even better for us um, and it's 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 funny because uh, we spoke about it a few weeks ago and I said you know I just wasn't couldn't really remember what he'd done and then you know we said actually he did a really good job just marking um, I think it was Bostock out the game and uh, I think you know the goal he scored at Sunderland, you know, good good finish, you know, into the box. I mean, there was analysis on his on his movements off the ball in into the box. And I think that's what we've sort of almost missed 
since almost like since when Gallagher was on uh, with us, with that midfielder who's driving into the box late, giving their defence something else to worry about, as opposed to thinking, oh, you know, we're not going to pile in, we're going to try and knock it into someone. It's someone who's arriving late. It's what I'd always thought if this is Jake would be doing, but he, he sits a little deeper. So Gilby can stride up and down and arrive almost unnoticed. So, yeah, I think Paul Cook's going to be sitting scratching his head, not trying to negate, you know, the strengths we've we've now picked up round the pitch. I mean, DJ looks like he's really, you know, picking up into the player we know you know, he was at Swindon. So Jaden, obviously, you know, Sunderland couldn't cope with him in the air. So how they deal with that, um, you don't know. And then, you know, Martson's almost like the X factor because no one's, until two weeks ago, no one thought he was a winger. And then suddenly he turns up, you know, winning goal. Um, and he's quick and he's nippy and he's getting around and he's making good runs. Um, so... I think if they they'll look back at previous games of ours and just go, yeah, no, I no idea. I mean, because they'll only really look at probably the Atkins games, and we've looked good. I mean, there's been a couple of times where you've you know Ben Ben Amos has kept us in it, but you know you expect that in, in virtually in any game. So I I think there's more problems for Paul Cook than there are for Atkins. So. We'll see. Mm, yeah, certainly. I mean, no, one more thing on, on the home form, Nathan. I mean, there was an interesting uh, excuse for Man United's poor home form with the fact they have to play in uh, wearing red shirts surrounded by red seats. I mean, I mean, that's obviously that's a that's an issue that that we suffer from ourselves. I mean, do you reckon that could be? It? Is there is there is there scope for trying to paint every seat in the stadium like white or something to make sure that we win all no. our home games? No, of course, I think, I think Man United, I think Fergie changed their kit once, didn't he? Yeah, think, down at uh, Southampton. They still lost anyway. They went from grey to yeah. blue. That's what I mean. I think if you look at, if you look at our away games, what, we're second in the, in the league of away form. Look, we played 21 games, conceded 18, yeah? That our home form, we've played three games less, so 18, but we've conceded 33 goals. So that, to me, to, and we've only scored 30 at, 30 at home, scored 27 mm-hmm. away. So that straight away, you know, if teams come at us, we don't really like it. And so every time... And you had that little spell where we was giving away silly goals. It was simple balls over the top, which is organisation. Organisational well, maybe, maybe, maybe the defenders saw the seat behind them and thought they were going to clear it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably. But, you know, or they probably... It was just a bit of miscommunication. But I'm not in, in for about, you know, blaming blaming seats and everything. I just think you've, we've not been good enough at home. It's pretty yeah. simple. No, I blame the seats. Right. Um, the Midweek was actually really fascinating looking at some of those scores uh, going in. Yeah, we all got excited when uh, Ipswich were beaten at, at Wimbledon. I, was, I saw some people getting excited when um, Wigan beat Sunderland. I was like, I don't really think that affects us because I don't think we're going to catch uh, Sunderland, Doncaster getting heavily beaten by uh, by Burton Albion. Uh, but then on, on the other side of it, uh, Lincoln... Uh, smash Milton Keynes 4-0 uh, Ipswich beat Shrewsbury uh, 4-1 Blackpool got a point against Accrington I think Accrington are you know, almost certainly out of it now which is incredible really when you consider I mean they're only four points behind us maybe I'm talking slightly too soon but they're, they're not in as good a position as they were uh, four, you know, three or four weeks ago um, I mean how do you assess that table it's like, like, as I said earlier on in the show Mark now we, now we are actually a side that has games in hand on other teams we're we're three points behind Pompey, who've played a game more than us. Uh, Oxford are on the same points as us, and they've played two more games. 
it's sun, all of a sudden, I mean, we're only three points behind Blackpool, you know, who've played the same amount of games as us. All of a sudden, I mean, it's really opened up in our favour. Yeah, it's very, very tight there. Um, I don't think, you know, you'd, if someone said you could win a million pounds on guessing the final top six, I don't think many people would probably actually win it. Um, it's it's hard to say because we, we've got some momentum going. I mean, Blackpool are looking solid. Portsmouth, yeah, not so much. Um, Lincoln, I, I did see someone said, oh, you know, all, all their illnesses and injuries have cleared up then, so they can, they can they want to play again. Um, but again, they're coming up a Milton Keynes side who aren't going to get relegated, aren't going to get promoted. They've hit that in, impasse to a, to the season where, you know, we were talking about it recently. We were saying, would you rather be playing with teams at the top, teams at the bottom, or teams with like nothing to play for? And I think Nathan said we'd rather be playing with teams at the top, and I think I would. Because I think, you know, if you beat them and then you're going to come up against them again in the playoffs, I think it gets in their minds. And the teams down the bottom are scrapping for everything. I mean, I think Lincoln beating Milton Keynes 4-0 is absolutely proof that the Milton Keynes boys have, you know, probably had their flip-flops and sunscreen on for the game. On that, you know, on the famous Milton Keynes beach, because they're not allowed to travel anywhere. <laughs> well, that's that's it, yeah. So, you know, I'd, I'd, I've always said I'd prefer to have the points in the bag than the games in hand, um, because then it's up to, up to everyone else to sort of like overtake you, as it were. And now we're saying, you know, we've got this game in hand, but... I think it's for Lincoln one, which is just before the end of the season, the last home game. And uh, it was a bit of a sort of like a tight week for us. But, you know, there's nothing to say by then. Things might have already been sorted out. So I take it one game at a time is probably quite a good mantra because of the way it does swap around. Because after this weekend, it could all be, it'll be all changed again. You know, we could be in that top six again and someone's dropped out. And then... You know, do you you look at it again and go right now the next next focus? It's pretty much the manager's mantra. It's just like look at the next game, look at the, just just look at the next game ahead, and that's it. So let's deal with Ipswich and then see how we look on Sunday. Excellent stuff. Right, don't forget it's an early kickoff on uh, Saturday uh, at the Valley twelve thirty uh, kickoff. Don't forget uh, due to the uh, funeral of Prince Philip uh, kicking off at three. Uh, so we got to get the football out the way. Um, Darren Bent and Paul Mortimer on uh, Valley Pass this weekend, so it should be another good show. Right, quick break. Uh, When we come back, we've got some tweets and emails to have a look at. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
So we meet again and I offer my hand all dry and English slow And you look at me and I understand yeah it's a look I used to know Good ball out here on the right hand side of Smith Smith ball into the box for Anika Welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. We're looking ahead to Saturday's home game uh, with Ipswich Town at the Valley. Big one. Uh, as the Tractor Boys roll into SU7. Now, uh, let's have a look at some emails, actually. Yeah, Simon Ryder has uh, emailed in. Hi, guys. Great pods recently. Cheers, Simon. Uh, really capturing the fans. Not sure about Adkins through to hang on. This guy knows what he's doing. We could be making a late charge, yeah. Uh, on an optimistic note, the lowest points total to hit sixth spot for the playoffs over recent years was Chesterfield in 2014-15 uh, with uh, 69 points. It typically typically takes 72 uh, to be certain. So with Charlton on 62, uh, we need at least 10 points from the seven games. Um where 21 are available. I think uh, we will take around 14 to 16 points if Nigel manages the squad well. Here's why. We have a lot of players fit and many players are playing for a new contract next season and with a positive manager and a great owner, why wouldn't he want to be at Charlton? The current starting 11 still has plenty of talent to come in if needed. Shinny and Morgan, uh, for example, Miller in burst. So players, uh, when they do come in over the next 7, 9 or maybe 10 games, uh, will be hungry to prove themselves. We're playing teams that need to play uh, the ones in and around the top, uh, Lincoln, Portsmouth and Peterborough will all be getting twitchy and the rest are in mid-table with nothing to play for. So there we go. Simon's certainly feeling very positive. There are lots of reasons there to be positive uh, as to why we can get into the uh, the top six come the end of the season. Now, Simon's also added in uh, some suggestions. Now, if you were listening on Sunday's pod, we talked a little bit about the uh, naming of the East Stand. It's going to be renamed the Alan Kerbishley Stand uh, after, of course, the uh, legendary uh, former player and manager. Um, so after that, I thought I'd ask some of you guys what other things you'd like to see named at the Valley. So Mark and Nath, have a quick think as well if you've got any to talk about. But Simon's uh, uh, recommendations are as follows. The Southall Memorial Deal Phone, it doesn't ring though, it isn't actually even connected to anything yet. So if we need to name a telephone, it says that uh, one bar should be called the Great Dane with Klaus Jensen picks. It serves Carlsberg and very, very delicate chips like that. Uh, we can then have a bigger bar called the Greater Dane in 10 years when Thomas Sangard has taken us into Europe, we can hope. Right, that's from Simon. It says, look forward to enjoying the running uh, with us. Cheers, Simon. Right, Ben uh, Hodges uh, had a suggestion as well. Says, uh, thanks for your continued work on the pod. An ongoing highlight of the week for me. Thanks, uh, Ben. Says, your game, how about the Katrine Mayer customer service kiosk? Yeah, I mean, that, that could have a lot of uses. Um, maybe not. <laughs> the ESI lost property department. Uh, uh, the guy lose on Crouch. Well, you know, he didn't tend to stand. Yeah, he can't name a stand after him. Uh, the Alan Pardew dance floor. The Chris Powell tunnel. Yeah, all, all good suggestions there. Um, Nathan, would you find yourself on the uh, Alan Pardew dance floor? <laughs> <laughs> Judging by that that tweet that you retweeted from about fifteen years ago up in Manchester, it was like Rochdale, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that was a funny night. Yeah, uh, that was yeah, last no, week, wasn't it? Yeah. I was I was trying to think. I was I don't know. You could you don't have to be stands. You could have anything, couldn't you? Yeah, oh, yeah. So you could have you could have the Joe Doo Doo toilets. 
Yeah. You <laughs> no, could have the works. you could you could have the Roland de Chatelet water fountain at the training ground. Nice, you know? yeah. We've got, so, got to get the water around there somewhere. <laughs> so you got you've got everything. I'm trying to think of any more. You put me on the spot a bit, but yeah. um I, I think Mark's got a special one, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, come on, Mark. Been, he's been itching for this, hasn't he? No, I've, I've been itching for this kiwi. Um <laughs> no, well, I've I've got the um, Carol Fry um, laundry basket. Yeah, yeah, could, or, yeah. Could name the whole laundry room after him. Yeah, I thought I did. Or the Russell Slade Memorial microphone, and that's for you, Lou. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm not really going near <laughs> that one anytime. <laughs> right. see what he did, you see what he did there? You see what he did there? It's patient, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh, shut up, Nathan. Right. <laughs> um, uh, David Amos says, uh, "How about the Dowie Dunny? Uh, he was the beginning of our downfall. He left Palace to move further south by about 15 foot, but he definitely." took us south and then David does say how about recognising Steve Grit for his contribution but in a smaller way maybe the Steve Grit gate as well so that's one thing that uh, people might want to think about as well so yeah thanks for your suggestions some good ones uh, in there uh, thanks for playing along with my little games that I get I get myself wrapped up in sometimes uh, right uh, something else uh, quite nice that happened uh, this week as well is Nigel Adkins went and met some of the Chocolate Nut Beats. Now, I know we have some of the lads who listen to the show. So, uh, yeah, if you were along uh, with uh, Nigel uh, this week at the training ground, this is what Nigel had to say about having that lovely little walk uh, with you guys at the training ground earlier this week. I'm still smiling now. I'm still smiling, yeah, fair enough. Will James and um, Jonathan, it was great to, to see them. They just give you that enthusiasm, don't they? You know what I mean? We walked around the training ground, and it was really, really good. They could ask me some questions. We had a good conversation about different things. Um, you know, it was... It's just great. It's uplifting. And again, speaking with Carl, you know, and I did another session after that as well um, with, the, with the community trust and just understanding everything that goes on with the uh, with the football club and the, the community. Um, it's great. It's great to go and see, and I'm, I'm really pleased to be part of it. Lovely stuff, Nigel. Meeting the uh, the upbeats there, Nathan. I mean, you've uh, you've done work with them, haven't you? you looked after them mm. at Wimbledon away, actually. But obviously, we've all done the the various uh, upbeat walks, which is coming up again next week, obviously still socially distanced. But, I mean, th- th- this is one of those things that the Charlton fans always love to, to get involved with. Yeah, of course. I think it's great. And I think it's, um, you know, as a highlight for the club of, you know, the, what the Trust do, um, especially with Carl and, and Terry, um, you know, and, and the others involved who do a great job. And it gives gives all the lads and girls to, something to look forward to and, um, I mean, I've, I, unfortunately, I'm, I'm planning, planning. Well, I'm moving. I've got to do some bits because I'm moving. So um, I'm not going to be able to take part this year. But yeah, usually all of us do it, go and have a walk and support the support the upbeats because I think it's a great cause. And, and not only is it a great cause, they're brilliant. You know, they're brilliant people and brilliant at football and they're champions and, you know, the, all the dance and stuff the other day. So yeah, I think it's a great a great thing that we do every year. Um, I remember the last one, which well, we, I think it was the Luton game, wasn't it? And it was a good day because we had that long walk um, and then we had a good result with it. So, mm. yeah, hopefully everyone goes out and supports it and, um, you know, gets some much needed funding. So, because they work extremely hard down there and um, and, all the, and, and all the lads love it. So, yeah. Yeah, buzzing. Yeah, so the idea is that on that Saturday, the 24th of April, so not this weekend, but the one after, uh, ahead of uh, the uh, is it the Peterborough game that day? It's, it's definitely ahead of a, of a home game. Uh, the idea is that if you you sign up and you can just go and walk around a mile. Obviously, it's still socially distanced, unfortunately, so we can't all do it together. But yeah, if you go out, uh, walk a mile, donate ten quid, 
uh, keep the upbeats going. I think my my plan is, although now I'll say I'm going to have to do it, I am planning on walking from home to the valley uh, for the game. But I'm going to have to get then someone to drop down all my stuff because I ain't carrying that all the way from... I was, I was just about to say that. I said, you ain't carrying all of that no, stuff on. No you? way I could carry my uh, ISDN <laughs> kit and all that. It'd kill me. I could barely carry my own weight just walking, walking that far. <laughs> It's been hard, is it, that lockdown? Oh, yeah. Been a big one. Uh, so, yeah. So, that's the plan. So, yeah, have a look on the uh, Charlton Athletic Community Trust uh, Twitter and website and stuff. Uh, find out the form to sign up. And make sure you sign up for the Upbeats Walk. Uh, we'll all be doing our part as well and making sure that we can donate some money uh, for the Charlton Upbeats. Right, one more break. We've still got a few more bits to talk about uh, after the break. We're going to hear from uh, the boss, uh, Big Nige, one more time. Or maybe even two more times if we're lucky after the break. again and good to doing exactly that almost gets the ball off the loose doesn't know where it is Williams picks it up and AK in the box can he touch it the swords he can he yes, first goal for the Alex and it's a stormer what a finish from the new boy Charlton live well, welcome back to Charlton Life. This is the big match preview. We're looking ahead, obviously, to the game with Ipswich. We've spoken about the game a lot. Uh, talk about some players who haven't been involved too much, uh, Albie Morgan and Matt Smith, in a little while. But one thing I do want to talk about, Mark, um, before we, we, we go any further. Now, obviously, it, it does relate to one of our players. It's Marcus Madison, who, who's been out on loan uh, with uh, with Bolton Wanderers. Now, has announced uh, during the week that his loan spell had been cut short. Now, obviously, I mean... It, Initially, everyone's like, "Well, does that, does that mean he's coming back to play for us?" But uh, I don't think I don't think that that's not going to be that's not going to be the way it's going to work anyway. But the, the more important fact is is the reason why it's been cut short. Now, um, Marcus uh, is is uh, been on loan at Bolton. Obviously, a side they're doing very well uh, in League Two, big club. Uh, you know, I'm sure it's a, a great place to play football. But um, when it was announced, his his loan spell was being cut short, and Ian Everett, the manager there, says that they need to look after Marcus. Now, uh, Marcus put this on his Instagram. I'll just give you the. The, the gist of the post. It says, the football industry has eventually broke me. All the abuse, the pressures and monotony of the last two years have got to me. I've tried to fit in and be happy, but if I can't be happy in a winning team uh, fighting for promotion, it's clearly something deeper. I'm returning home to think, do I want to play football anymore as it just doesn't bring me any joy at all? I can't thank Ian ever enough for understanding and wish Bolton all the best uh, in the final running. So obviously, you know, we're Charlton Live, we wish Marcus all the best with whatever decision he decides to make, you know, once he's gone back and, and thought about it. But I mean, it, it, it goes to show that, you know, people in in any walk of life can, can struggle, you know, it must be so easy to carry it, to think, oh, the footballers are on this sort of money, they run around kicking a ball. But, you know, you don't really understand, I guess, what people are going through underneath the surface and, and how difficult life is or can be for everyone, no matter what they do for a living, Mark. Well, that's it. I mean, it takes um, a strong man to actually admit that he needs help, um, which is not the easiest thing to do. Over the last year, I think most people have gone through times where they've struggled and it's not been the easiest to say, you know, I need I need help. I mean, a lot of people have offered online and, you, you know, you put messages and people say, you know, I'm there to 
you know, if you need to talk to somebody, but that's not the easiest thing to do sometimes. So it's good that he's recognised that he does need the help. And, you know, unfortunately, it's because he talks about the, like the last two years, that would have been abuse he's had from our fans, from the Hull fans, from the Peterborough fans, and it probably does build up. I mean, he, we always thought, you know, came across with his tattoos, he was quite a cocky character, and it's... It's obviously some kind of facade which he sort of like keeps to see people, you know, seeing his what he would perceive to be as a, as a weakness, and it's not. Um, so I, I didn't think for one moment he'd be sort of like coming back and putting on one of our, our shirts again. Um, hopefully, you know, either someone at the club, you know, there is something in place to say, look, we can get you the help which you need, you know, if you're speaking to a professional. And so you get your priorities because it's it's horrible. I know there are one or two footballers who 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 don't who have admittedly have said they don't like playing the game, even though they're very good at it. I think Danny Rose at Spurs is another one who's come out and said, you know what, I don't like the game, but I do it because it you know earns me a living. And uh, if if he can go home and if if he decides, you know what, I'm going to walk away, then I hope he finds success in the next thing he does. Um, it's, you know he's got family, so the last thing you want to do is is wake up and see an article in the paper. In fact, he's 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 done something to himself, and you know he's left a widow and orphan children. So hopefully, you know there is always help out there, and it's just being big enough to, and saying, you know what, I need help. I need someone just to phone me up and you know see how I'm doing. Mm. So. Hopefully he can get that. Yeah, I mean, part part of um, the, the message there, Nathan, from Marcus is talking about. I mean, he talks about the pressures and the monotony of the game. But mm. the the bit that that gets to me is the abuse. Now, obviously, um, you know, we, we've spoken about Kyle's podcast, the Mental Well Balling Pod, a, a few times recently. But um, you know, a couple of the episodes I've, I've listened to over, over the last week, actually, sort of catching up with Lewis Page uh, and then Connor Washington. And one, one, I think Connor Connor mentions that people would actually like. When he was, he's only just rejoined social social media. But people go out of their way to message footballers that when they're not mm. happy, and I found that fascinating with with Lewis Page as well. Obviously, you know, Lewis had dreadful luck with injuries, and you know, I was, I was desperately sorry for him. Mm. I, I can understand perhaps some people were being feel a bit upset because they want to see Lewis Page play, but surely. What what would on earth would possess people to go out of their way and then send a message, the direct message to them on Instagram or, or Twitter, to like slag them off? Like, I just don't understand what goes through people's heads. And the, the the worst thing is, I mean that that's the first part. I don't understand why you're doing it. What will it possibly achieve? There's a difference between having a little conversation amongst your friends about saying, "Oh, I'm not sure so and so had a good game. I'm not sure so and so is playing very well." But it's a completely different kettle of fish to at someone in it. It's just it's weird. I don't understand why on earth you do it. But then, second to that, is people don't think about the consequence of these things. And, I mean, for starters, I mean, it's not going to make that player any better, is it? You know, you know that's before we even t- scrape the surface of the effect that it has on that player, you know, that human being who is just trying to earn a living for their club and who would know if they've had a bad game. Like, that's, that's a bit that really gets to me. People who would send a direct message to someone they don't know and slag them off, it doesn't achieve anything. No, of course you don't. And I think, you know, like you're saying, everyone's entitled to have an opinion, right? But there's ways you do. You don't at someone. I mean, look, if we all sit back and go, right, I don't know, X, Y, Z had a bad game and they were really, really rubbish. Yeah, granted, they probably, they probably did. And believe it or not, they're professional footballers and I'm pretty sure they will know if they've had a bad game, right? And 
I think it doesn't really achieve anything. Everyone just keeps going banging on about and banging on about how rubbish they are and then the abuse. What you're going to do is, because you have some fans that enjoy, you know, you have some players that engage with fans. But what it's going to do is just going to put people off. And look, not every, no player in this world plays badly on purpose, do they? I mean, I mean, every one of us has a job and, or, you know, we're looking for a job. You don't go out to be really rubbish at work. Some days you have bad days. They're humans, you know. And I just think the whole, which is a bigger piece altogether in terms of it's easy for people to hide behind an avatar and just abuse people. Um, I think, you know, I've, I've, I've had bits now and again. And, you know, you just learn to ignore it. But I'm not in the spotlight as much as these players are. And I just think sometimes it's so easy for people to just go and send that abusive message, which isn't really going to gain anything. If anything, it makes them look stupid, um, in my opinion, anyway. Um, it's, it's the same, really, because you actually made some really salient points there. But as soon as you said uh, people hiding behind an avatar, do you remember that film with the big blue guys? <laughs> I was just thinking of someone hiding behind one of those and slagging someone off. <laughs> but that <laughs> Uh, right, uh, I did say earlier we we're going to hear a little bit about um, Albie Morgan and Matt Smith. Now, they featured in the game for the under-23s uh, during the week. Uh, Nigel was down there to watch them. Uh, Benji Nurek was in the press conference today and asked Nigel uh, if he was uh, you know, having a look at them because there is still hope that they will be involved uh, and have their chances uh, going forward this season. It's like everybody. Everyone's got to be ready because your opportunity will come when you least expect it. Well, we've got a group of players who are all, I've talked to them on several occasions about it, focused on the run of games that we've got, you know, and everyone's going to be needed. We've obviously gone Saturday, Saturday games so far. We're now going to be in a situation where we're going to go Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday through it. It's, it's, it's challenging, you know, especially when you throw the, the travel that we've got to put in there midweek, for example, at Plymouth. And one injury at this moment in time could rule somebody out for the rest of the season. You know, obviously you've got to be mindful of the the referees, you know, uh, you know, just a misplaced challenge could obviously, if you get a red card, you're out for three games and all of a sudden the squad of players becomes diminished and diminished. So everyone's got a role to play and we've got to be mindful of that and everyone's got to be ready. So it was great when you asked, answered the question, Albie and Matt, it was great for them to get a full 90 minutes football in a game. It was great for me to go and watch them. I was there watching them as well as the 23s, specifically watching them and bringing the team what their attributes are and what they can bring to the team when we when required, which is important. So even though I've been here a month, I've still got to know even more about everybody. Interesting stuff. So yeah, I mean, obviously Nigel does say that everyone is going to have their chance, but I mean, these are two players who, you know, having been involved a little while, Mark, haven't been too recently. Now, I guess the the one we'll really want to speak about because he's our player and he's a player a lot of fans like and a lot of fans rate is Albie Morgan. Now, a lot of people, you know, saw the relationship between Albie and Lee Bowyer. I'm not suggesting there was anything other like than, than a, you know, like I'm not suggesting Bo didn't like him as a person, but he obviously gave, you know, gave him little spells in the game. He sometimes a bit of tough love in in the press, um, you know. And some, and, you know, a lot of fans were like, "Why doesn't Bo rate him? Why aren't we seeing him coming straight into the side?" But it is fairly interesting that that hasn't really changed since Nigel's come in. Now, obviously. We've got a midfield that's, that's doing well. Gilby's come back playing well. Forster Kasky's undroppable. You know, there's Prattley does a, a different job in there. So you would say that there's people ahead of him. But, you know, the fact he hasn't really been involved at all is quite surprising for me. I mean, are, are you thinking that maybe Nigel is seeing the same thing that, that Lee's seen that he didn't like or, or doesn't think is quite there yet? Or 
is it purely because there's a lot of options there at the moment? I think it's purely because of the options, because you've got Shinny there as well. And as we talked, you know, you said about Watson, who does that job. Um, I, I, I don't think Boya disliked Morgan. I know the opinion was, you know, he was giving him some hard time at that age and thinking, is that the best thing to do? I think what it is, is that Boya sees so much potential in Morgan, and I think he was frustrated if he thinks that someone isn't living up to that potential. Something who was, uh, you know, going out and trying what to do to listen to what the instructions were and do what what they wanted to do. Um, I th- I I I like Morgan. I think he he's got good vision. Um, Smith, I, you know, if he went back to Arsenal, that's fine. It's let let them deal with that. Um, I just think with Morgan, I think it's because he came into the side fairly fairly early, I'd say, um, because we were struggling so much to, to put a sort of like field and 11. Possibly he'd suffered for it a bit because, you know, we he is a very talented footballer. Um, so, I don't know, I think Nigel's looking at it now, he goes, it's what, seven games to go. I need experience out there. It's not the right time. I think if we were mid-table, you know, with not not a hope of relegation, not a hope of going up, I think we'd see an entirely, almost like an entirely different side with a lot of the youngsters getting an opportunity to to make the bench or maybe start. And I think Albie would have been then. I think Nigel's saying to him, right, this is what we've got. We've got seven games. We've got a chance to get into the playoffs. So do I put in an experienced player or do I try and rely on Albie, who might not have the experience to come up against, um, you know, a Doncaster midfield or whatever? And you know, will that backfire on me just for his progression next year? Because it could go, it could go against him. He could come in, have an absolutely howl of a game, get sent off, score an own goal, and that could sort of like almost dent his confidence so much. Even a good pre-season might not sort of like get it back. So I think it's it's about getting the results at the moment. It's mm. about who's fit and available, and I don't think it's a it's a worry, mm. you know, that we haven't seen yeah. it. To be fair, I, I think I've fallen into my own trap that I think other people often fall into with with a player of Albie's age who's been around for a while. Because don't forget, he's been in and around the first team since he was what eighteen. He's twenty one. He's only twenty one. I mean, that's very yeah. young. If we signed a twenty one year old on loan from Arsenal. You know, with Matt Smith's probably around that age as well. Then I, I'd be thinking, well, yeah, he's um, no real surprise that he's not involved as much. Or he's a youngster, you know, not involved with the first team. But that's that's sort of where we are. So that's uh, that's an interesting point. I mean, Nathan. I mean, I mean Matt Smith. Yeah, he's only twenty. I'll be twenty-one. Um, I, I, we don't want to get carried away. I mean, these are these are players of an age where perhaps you don't expect them to start every week, and maybe you know, I mean, now be even playing in that that game at Wimbledon. Maybe we are. Maybe I am getting carried away with saying, "Why isn't he playing?" Has Nigel given up on him or something like that? It's, it, I think I'm getting ahead of myself. I just think. I mean, if you, he play, I think since he he went out of the team with Bowyer, he came back. I can't remember what game it was, and he played on the right, and he played really well. His positional play was good. His aggression was good. His his enthusiasm was there. And, um, you know, for whatever reason, Nigel changed it and we've done all right. I just think we're sitting there on one hand, some of us going, don't, you know, we have to keep a winning side, keep the momentum, keep the momentum. So then there's not much point really if just putting Albie in. We know he's a good player. He's on a contract. He's got plenty of time ahead of him. 
Um, but I just don't see the point in changing it already. He's got to earn his right, just as every other player's got to. And I think in terms of the Smith, I just think the Smith, apart from Terry Smith, obviously, the, the legend, I just think the Smith name is, is cursed. You've got Michael Smith, who didn't do well. You've got Matt Smith from Man City, didn't do well. Matt Smith from Arsenal. Not doing well. Paul Smith from QPR. I think, I just, I think, you'd, be adding, I think you'd be adding Terry to that list if you tried to stick him in the midfield <laughs> with his knees. Sit him as, as an anchor man. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think, listen, I mean, they've, everyone's got to earn their right. And I think at the moment, Gilby's come back. Jake's been amazing all season. Darren Prattley's just ever, you know, he's just, just evergreen, and he? He's like Peter Pan, never going to get old. But um, I just think we all know that he's, you know, Albie's there and uh, there's loads of time, you know, and it's up to him to force his way into um, Nigel's plans. For all we know, he might be doing that. And, you know, Nigel's planning on putting him on Saturday or there's some games coming up where he thinks that Albie's attributes are going to benefit the game. But it, different, different opposition poses different problems, have different weaknesses and... And at the moment, it might not be that Albie's attributes fit into that system. So we've just got to try and sit back and look at the whole picture, I think. Mm, yeah, certainly. Right. One final bit of audio, uh, obviously, with the season coming to an end. Uh, Nigel was asked, uh, you know, if work on uh, new contracts and perhaps transfer window stuff is uh, taking place behind the scenes already. Yeah, there's a lot of work going on behind the scenes, for example, pre-season. So if we stay in League One or we don't get to the playoffs, we've obviously got a date we come back and we... In there, maybe we'll change that a little bit. But we've got our testing day sorted out. We've got the first day of pre-season and training. We've, you know, we just need the sign-off. But all being well, we've got a training camp away as well. Go up to the first game of the season. So that's important that we've got a structure to build towards and how we want to do pre-season. From a recruitment point of view, as you rightly just asked on there, obviously we've got Steve Gallen, Jed Roddy, how we want to do the recruitment, how we put it all together. So we're developing that and building that. We need to know where... Where we're looking for, like you say, are we in League One or are we in the Championship? That might detect the uh, the pool of players that we can actually attract and, and be going after at that moment in time. So it is that little bit of in the balance. But likewise, all the time, as I said, of Watcher 23s, it's being able to establish well, what players have we got at this moment in time with us. Some players maybe who are coming out of contract might have been doing okay or they might have been doing too well. Who's going to fit into our plans moving forward? So we're, you know, we're assessing all that on a daily basis. Um, as I say, the sooner we can start moving um, you know, with, with signatures, um, that will be beneficial, but it's got to be right as well and right at the, at the right time. I think you'll find as well, history will suggest that a lot of signings, especially in League One, are done the last couple of days of the transfer window. So that's basically at the end of pre-season as well. So let's not get in a position where you're going to ask me every single day. But it's great to keep the supporters updated as well as to what's happening. Because we want to be signing players, but we want to be getting the best out of the players that we've got at the moment and making sure there's a pathway for all the users coming through the system. There we go. I thought I'd just uh, stick that clip in last because it is, it is quite interesting. Obviously, it is tough, isn't it, when you don't know what division you're going to be in. Um, so I guess the groundwork should be being laid already, though. Um, Mark and and half an eye on if we are going to be a League One side. I guess that's probably the more likely outcome at the moment, even if uh, we are on a good little run. Uh, as as to where we're going to be next season, obviously a pre-season's being put together, which is exciting. Yeah, it's good to have a plan. Um, there's always so many players who you see released at the end of a season, which surprise you. Because you think yourself, oh, I'd like them, I'd like them. And it's almost sort of like, it's like nipping in the supermarket. 
half an hour before they close and they've put out the um, bargains mm. and you're thinking, oh yeah, I can pick up that, I can pick up mm. that, I can pick up my bag of kiwis. So, um, I, I mean, th- we're signing I think, Chris yeah. Wood, maybe. I'm trying to think of uh, New Zealand players. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, no, I, th- I think obviously, you know, Gallon's there, Gallon's got the plan and now he's got Jed Roddy as well. So there's going to be names which come under the radar, there's going to be names which will surprise us and there's going to be sort of like... People who re-sign. I mean, I think the biggest issue for me is the players who are out in the summer who I'd like to see stick with us and not end up somewhere like Birmingham, um, which is people like Jake. You know, that's the one. You know, I know Pierce's contract's up. Uh, that's another issue yeah, for probably Ch- another Chucks day. Chucks is probably the big one, isn't it? But, yeah, there's plenty of... Plenty of players. It'll be quite interesting to see next summer where they do end up. Right, I'm going to I'm going to cut in because we have actually gone over time. So uh, we will cut the show there. Thanks to all of you who've listened uh, to this week's uh, big match preview. If you want to have your say on anything ahead of Sunday's show, don't forget you can tweet us uh, at Charlton Live or you can email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk. But for now, I will say thanks to all of you who've listened. Thank you to Nathan and to Mark for joining me on the big match preview. Cheers, boys. You're welcome. Good to speak to you both. Uh, let's uh, hope that Willie Addicts can get some uh, a good result against Ipswich on Saturday. It's a massive, massive game. Really looking forward to it. Make sure you plop yourself down uh, in front of the Valley Pass once again if uh, if you can. I don't know what the weather's like this weekend, but set up the laptop in the garden, have a couple of mates around, get a couple of beers going. It should be a good weekend. Right, I've been Louis Meadows. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again on Sunday. We'll see you later. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.